Okay, people, another edition of Just for Sport, and I'm joined by, in actions, Joel Wolkowski, who we're talking NBA hoops, and I'm excited because he had me on in action. I uh, can't wait to see how that turns out. We had some fun, Jamoke. I told you. I woke up out of bed, and I crawled right into the edit bay with you this morning. It was nice to see you at the hours of 6 to 8 a.m. <laughs> it turned out great. They will be synced up with the games of what I think will be a very colorful Toronto-Boston series. Looking forward to this, and generally, I'm looking forward to getting out of the first round of the Eastern Finals. <laughs> uh, I cannot believe that we are closer than I thought we would be as we talk about matchup soon and, and so some of the things that were surprises and things we expected with the first round matchup. Let's start with our layup live. We're remembering Kobe Bryant. Yesterday was his birthday and everybody's all excited and talking about their memories. Even I shared a memory. And then the, the Lakers announced they're wearing the Mamba jerseys for tonight's game as we're recording this on Monday. Uh-oh, that does not dovetail nicely with the injuries to Zach Collins and a couple other bench pieces. Like, man, we're going to get into it there, but I think we are going to see the Lakers roll. I think that five-game prediction is looking pretty good on my behalf. <laughs> and like, Frank Vogel, pick up the clipboard, baby. But I'll get into the Lakers a little bit more. You got to remember Mamba, the way – it's amazing that that happened this year. That feels yeah. like a million years ago. And, like, I was sad for a month. That happened on a Sunday. Yeah. The day I play my pickup games. And I got to say, we were all chucking for being that day. <laughs> like, I think everyone out put up an 8 for 24 just in his tribute. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's just so surreal. It seems like it is an eternity when he passed away and to, you know, and not just for Kobe, obviously for his daughter and for the other uh, passengers in the helicopter and the pilot, I just can't believe it. It, it recently happened and it's cool to see the Lakers honoring uh, him with the patch and the special Mamba jersey that's probably already sold out. Yeah, and like Mamba gear in general has been sold out everywhere. I mean, you have all the knockoffs, you have all those like independent LA designers who like I love the Kobe t Bryant like tribute t-shirts that yeah kind of look like he's a little bit on fire that's been a that meme thing. going around on Twitter yeah. <laughs> like he got called out for it and he's like no that's just how I design everything so he just put a little RIP patch on the bottom yeah yeah um it's gonna be fun and I'm looking forward to it tonight and and I'm sure the social media will be going crazy when they actually see them in action uh, speaking of in action, huh? Nick Nurse has been in action and the top coach all season. No one expected after Kawhi Leonard to leave Toronto for them to be as good as they are. And yet Nick Nurse is honored as coach of the year because he is that good and the team is that good. Your thoughts? And I think you've got to see it's not just the departure of Kawhi Leonard. It's about how these pieces took leaps and bounds to mold and fill the absence of Kawhi Leonard. Like, I think one of the hardest things to do with an NBA team is managing a, a prospect with a decent injury history. And mm -hmm. seeing the work he did with OG Ananobi has been absolutely transcendent this year. Like, guys who I don't think belong on an NBA basketball court are getting minutes and making an impact for them. Like, I've enjoyed Stanley Johnson. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I would ever be able to say that <laughs> sentence. So, <laughs> Nick Nurse, I'm there for you. With my money from doing the pod this week, I think I'm going to buy myself a Nick Nurse branded hat. Oh, yeah, the Nick Nurse hats. The only coach with his own swag, huh? Not quite selling off the shelves like any Mamba stuff, but uh, Mamba merch is, is on another level. But Nick Nurse... And we all know football coaches, they have this crazy work week. They don't see their families. They're peak football guys, kind of exemplified by Adam Gase. And I thought it was so refreshing to see Nick Nurse on interviewed by the ESPN on, on ABC like broadcast team. And they said, Nick, when's the last time you played your guitar? He said, this afternoon. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're hearing about players bringing 87 bottles of wine, uh, why can't I? Oh, CJ McCollum's bringing all the wine. CJ McCollum brought a disturbing amount of wine. He like, did. 
and PJ Tucker brought a disturbing amount of shoes. And, and then, uh, you know, you got uh, Jimmy Butler, the barista. And then you turn around and you got Nick Nurse like, yeah, I got my guitar. Yeah, Nick Nurse, he just wants to unwind CJ McCollum with his 87 bottles of wine. <laughs> the dude might be called for some traveling because he obviously has 12 steps in his future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good one, good one there. Had to, had to, had, had to bring to. him back. Let's I'm trying, bring, Jennifer. You're tr let's bring the level down a little bit because I want to talk to you about something very serious here. Warriors president Rick Welts had to publicly or has publicly apologized to Toronto Raptors president Masai Ujiri for the incident that occurred at Oracle Arena uh, last season. I was not, I, it wasn't really disappointed, but I did like one of the articles I read that called the arena security. No, this was a deputy sheriff that pushed Masai Ujiri as he was pulling out his credential about to walk on the court to celebrate the Toronto Raptors championship that they won, unfortunately, in Golden State's arena. And the thing that's so tough for me to deal with is that, you know, we're in this Black Lives Matter time. You had the deputy sheriff and Alan Strickland who lied about what happened while he had the, 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 the body camera going. I, I think he thought that, unfortunately, you know, maybe his brethren, so to speak, within the police department were going to let it get out. But the thing that happened this week is Masai Ujiri's statement, who basically said, look, because of my status, I get to hire a lawyer, I get to countersue and things like that. But in the end, it hurt because I was black. And that's why I was stopped and wasn't allowed to get on the court. And then add to that, you know, I'm watching ESPN and Brian Windhorst has been telling the story about how he didn't even have the right credential. Walked right onto the court. Nobody stopped him from getting onto the court during the celebration of Toronto Raptors. That's what we deal with in America as African-Americans. And it makes me really sad, Joel. Yeah, and I think um, it's the honest is on us. And like, in this situation, I have to listen to Jamoke. And we have to become better allies for those who are disenfranchised. I've been in situations where I get the benefit because of the color of my skin. And we have to really realize that other people are subjugated. And you know what? Masai Ujiri is an example of black excellence. He is a global ambassador who has spread the game, who's made people from third world countries millionaires because of his foresight. And at the absolute peak of his achievements, he is brought down to task by a member of the police force. And which is, you know what, maybe it is a misunderstanding, but even if that's the case, if that's just a simple mistake, why was the police force and the unions themselves lining up behind this guy for, God, months, over, over, over a, year. a year, a year. That happened June of last season. Mm -hmm. And like, this isn't Alabama, this isn't Mississippi, this is San Francisco, California, a cosmopolitan city that's home to our entire tech sector. It's mm -hmm. pervasive, it's all-encompassing, and we gotta work every day to combat this. And you know, we have more ugliness coming out just today in Kenosha, so, you know, if you're a white person who just like likes this podcast because you like a little basketball talk, no, you gotta march, you have to do something. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, it's a day, daily commitment that we all have to make. Mm -hmm. And that's why also it's a, it's a daily commitment that even Masai Ujiri said, that's why import, it's important for us to keep demanding justice, justice for George, Brianna, Elijah, whoever out there feels that they have been wrong. You know, we've got to stand up and speak up as well. And hopefully we will do that as this Black Lives Matter will not go away. Um, and it's important for us to remember it and, you know, we'll see what and, happens. And you mentioned Brian Windhorst, and I do think a lot of times corporate activism is kind of an empty gesture, but mm -hmm. to see the full-scale dedication that ESPN has made towards social justice, move, justice movements in the span of their broadcast has been a really beautiful thing. Like, I'm sitting there watching the game with my fiance, she's not paying attention, and like, Jeff Van Gundy's going into the circumstances surrounding the Breonna Taylor case. Mm -hmm. They're talking about mass incarceration, the country over. Like, 
-hmm. It's real progress and they're not making it impossible for us to turn away. I'm glad the NBA is using this stage and I'm glad they're back first because no one else is as uniquely predisposed to take advantage of this moment. Mm -hmm. and, and a moment that we will remember from the Dallas Mavericks Clippers game. <laughs> what uh, a transition, my man. Wow, well, let me tell you something. <laughs> Montrez Harrell apologized to Luka Doncic because he got caught on a slow-mo camera saying B, the B word, the A-S-S. He's a bitch-ass white boy. No, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. But, you know, I can say that, Jamoki, because not only am I a bitch-ass white boy, but I've been called a bitch-ass white boy really? on the basketball court. Dude, I, last Tuesday, I recorded with you. I went straight to a game in Bed-Stuy, played for about three hours. I was okay. I'll give it a B minus. A B minus. I mean, I was forced to guard a, a point guard and a point guard was forced to guard me. So it was very weird. But, um, <laughs> you know, you just get called things and like, if you're the outsider, it's going to be brought up in attention. How, however you're different is going to be mentioned. And like, that's mm -hmm. trash talk. Worst things get said constantly. And Montrez Harrell, that's his job. He is yeah. the next one in the Charles Oakley, Ben Wallace, Kenneth Fareed lineage. Mm -hmm. He's an enforcer, and the NBA is too buddy-buddy. They are buddy-buddy. I just, I, I feel like in this culture of where we are now, we know that if it was reversed and Luca called him something and followed it up with Black Boy, it would have blown up. And that's where I think I like that Harold recognized it. Someone talked to him about, hey, we you got to figure out a, a way to apologize to him that, you know, it's not only genuine, but that you really mean it, that you understand, hey, I shouldn't have said that. In the heat of the moment, we all have trash talking. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess let's clean it up. I mean, I, still, I wish they had the mic so we could hear everything, but we know that really wouldn't go well. We yeah, we'll eventually get an HBO version of NBA League Pass, and we're all going to subscribe. But the important thing here is, in, on a basketball court, in the moment, you might say something that you regret, but the important thing is you, like, have the right heart afterwards. I don't think yeah. someone's true character, like, I, I play in a gay men's basketball league sometimes. I'm not gay. I just will play in a game, and a guy on my team got elbowed, and he used a, a gay slur, and, like... Montrez Harrell, he was not as bad as that. So he, went, okay, okay. You, he can navigate. He's got a team, and Doc Rivers is the right person to go to for a little Ubuntu in this situation. Yeah, and I, I think that even though that may have been patching up somewhat, let me tell you something. The Don was balling in this last game, and I noticed way too much. Actually, not way too much, but just because I kept noticing it. He would yell at the Clippers bench, and scream at whoever was in front of him every big shot. And he hit the biggest shot over yeah. a player that didn't have the last name of George or uh, Leonard, which surprised me. I thought we were going to get some defense from one of the two of them on that three, and we didn't. We got probably the smallest player on the court guarding Luka Doncic in the last three seconds. Come on. I had to go back and I watched all Reggie of Reggie Jackson, give me a break. Reggie Jackson, who is probably the most undersized, slightest frame point guard in the league. Like Reggie could use a, a Gatorade bottle filled with gravy to put it nicely. <laughs> and like, I went back and I watched those plays. That wasn't even a switch, you know, like he was on those guys and I don't even understand why he's on the court in those situations. Like mm -hmm. doc, I know you love the buyout market, but members of the mediocre 2016 Detroit Pistons are way too prominently involved. <laughs> I just, they are prominently involved. Reggie Jackson. I forgot he wasn't on the Pistons. I was not like, just, Oh yeah. And not just Reggie Jackson, but Marcus oh, Morris as that's well. That's right. Marcus Morris too. That's right. And uh, I, I don't know. He had a big who, three, by the way. He, he had, had a, a big huge three, three to put him up. He did. And I, I kind of think that, like, Reggie Jackson's not to blame for all this. I don't think mm -hmm. Marcus Morris is to blame for this. I think they were kind of ruined by Stan Van Gundy, who gave them superstar reps, when really 
they're role players. Like, mm-hmm. you, Reggie Jackson is there in case Beverly or Lou Williams gets hurt, and he has that I'm going to be involved at the biggest moment mentality, which yeah. I don't really want from my third-string point guard. No, and granted, Beverly was hurt, and maybe he would have been in the game. But that doesn't matter because the bottom line is there is no way in that situation that Paul George or or uh, uh, about to say Kyle Lowry, Ka- Kawhi Leonard was not guarding him in that final place. Hey, it's okay. You can make a mistake with Kawhi Leonard's game. When I was in, in Phoenix, Arizona, I listened to an entire radio broadcast, and they called him Kevin Leonard the entire time. <laughs> so you are in the clear, my man. <laughs> I was about to go to our next segment, which is about Kyle Lowry. He turns an ankle in game four in a sweep. He leaves the game. And the thing is, the first thing I want to say, the reason why I put these two stories together is I didn't think that Luca would come back the way he did after turning his ankle. So don't worry, Toronto. My hope and your hope as well is that Lowry's going to come back the same way the Don came back, and they're going to be just fine. Do we know the grade ankle sprain that it is for Lowry? We do. I did not see the grade, but he's still getting an MRI, but it seems to be fine. Yeah, because Gordon Hayward has a grade three. Like, I don't know if we'll see him again this postseason. I just had a sprained ankle myself, and it was a It's called a sprained left ankle, but I did not see a grade. Yeah, but like a grade three, that's terrible. That's a six- to eight-week injury. I can attest to that personally. And like Luca, he's going to recover a little quicker because he's so young. Kyle Lowry, you know – He's a veteran, and he's a, he's a little thick in the britches, if you know what I mean. I don't know if he's going to be having the same recovery as Luca. Well, they said that they will update the injury as appropriate. So I'm sure they don't want anyone to know how bad it is or if it's nothing until game time. Um, are, but Are we sure Fred Van Vliet didn't set him up? Well, you know, that's the other thing is that that's, you got Fred Van Vliet. So I'm sure for Toronto – they are not worried, and now they get to rest. They don't have to do anything until, what is it, Tuesday? I think is when Boston-Toronto yeah. play. Yeah, I know it's an expedited schedule. So I think it, I don't think it's going to quite get running tomorrow, is it? I think it might be – Or Thursday. Let me, Thursday? Let, yeah, I think Thursday. I'll check again. I'll check again. Uh, I'm, my, so many games are running together because it is such a close schedule. Yeah, and like honestly, Fred Van Vliet must be so stoked right now because he yeah, has Thursday, unrestricted Thursday. free agency looming, and Tom Gore is, is about to get Fred Van Fleeced into paying him a max contract. <laughs> another good one, another good one from Joel. Oh, there's no That's doubt he's gonna get he's gonna get his max the max. Yeah, team. and like are we going to talk about the lottery here? Like, is that not the top of we the are. agenda? I, well, okay. We can put it at the top of the agenda. Uh, NBA lottery uh, just happened. Yeah, Everyone's already calling. What, what's terrible about it? Terrible. You know, I, I'm a Detroiter, and to see two teams jump us, and also, <laughs> let's focus the Detroit Pistons. We see, we've mentioned that the, a lot of our cast-offs are on the Los Angeles Clippers now. Because we were positioned to get the number one spot in the draft rankings. Our yeah. games are canceled. We're one of the eight teams with no more games. And, like, we should be top three pick. Yeah. We, we should be where Golden State is. But the schedule, the way the schedule broke down was not in our favor. And the thing that sucks about this is that our hockey team just got screwed over in the same way. I and I could feel better about our football team. But the NFL just fall asleep, told the world that our quarterback has COVID-19. COVID-19. So, oh, <laughs> Listen, hard time to be a Detroit sports fan. I was trying to think positive, and I was going to say it's a lucky number number seven. Lucky number seven. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know who we picked at number seven in the draft lottery? It's Mr. Stanley Johnson. <laughs> the reason not to watch summer league ever. <laughs> well this this draft we'll see what happens minnesota has the number one pick golden state number two which we talked about right now they are in the in the prime position they didn't have the number one pick congratulations james wiseman you just became the first overall pick in the draft because carl anthony towns is in denial about his height <laughs> so you so you really is that a prediction bold prediction james wiseman number one is it bold? Because I see the fit there. Like, 
they're kind of hamstrung because they just made a huge commitment to D'Angelo Russell and it's James Wiseman. And then every other top prospect in this draft needs the ball in their hands the entire time. Okay. Obi Toppin will be the second pick. Oh, you think I I could definitely see the Warriors. Golden State. Golden State. And he can probably play five in that system. So you're really actually getting the most out of Obi. Yeah. Which will be fun when we, we have an actual draft show where we could talk about, you know, the picks of who's going to go where, getting that prediction right. Yeah, I mean, we'll do some Zoom combines for each other. This I, I'm turning 34 in a couple of weeks. I think this is my last chance to enter. Last chance. Uh, yeah. The Washington Wizards, by the way, my team is at number nine. As usual, we will find a way to... But you're going to be fine. You got the quietest 30 point per game score in NBA history. You got John Wall coming back, and you got probably overpaid man to be Davis Bertans in your future. So the pieces are there. They just Ex- need a utility piece. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of who I want them to go. I've heard Devin Vessel, uh, Isaac Okoro. We'll see. I would like for them to go after Patrick Williams. We need another power forward. That's what we need. Mm-hmm. I'm a oh. Killian Hayes man myself. Give me okay. that. We're going to be the French national team. Put out him and Seku. Let's do this. Killian Hayes, point guard. All right, zero, zero positive tests again in the bubble, but the guests will be arriving soon. You think we're going to, you know, be clear of everything? No, I, no positive tests? Yeah, I think we're in the clear because even with guests arriving, because the first round of the playoffs is over, we're at about a third of the capacity that we originally started with. Mm-hmm. So it's downhill from now. Even if with every player getting a guest, like it's still going to be less players than all of these teams. Yeah, like, I mean, I, you're right. I guess, you know, everyone's supposed to be quarantined ahead of time so that hopefully we don't have any issues. Uh, so I, I hope you're right about that. But I don't know. It's just scary. You know, it's just kind of scary. It is scary, but still the NBA has been the model for, for all major sports and gosh, even maybe all major cities. So I'm inclined to trust them moving forward. If they think they can do this to keep their players comfortable and safe, I'm with them. Okay, I guess so. All right, we're going to get to the actual matchups. But first, before you bet at your favorite online sportsbook this season, you need to check out thepropsnetwork.com. Why? Because the Props Network will tell you everything you need to know about sportsbook promos, where to score free bets, and all the options for legal betting in your state. Plus, the Props Network now has live odds comparison for the NBA, NHL, and MLB. So you can make every bet knowing that you've got the best value available. That's why the PropsNetwork.com is a must for any U.S. sports betting fan. Remember, it's 21 and over to bet. And if you or someone you know have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER today. All right, Joe. Hold on. Hold on. Let me pick up the phone for that one. 1-800-GAMBLER <laughs> today. Because I was on this pod. Last week was maybe a cursed podcast for us, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. And, I didn't win anything. And um, yeah, I lost a lot. I lost not just money, but self-respect and pride. Yeah. So I think we talked about how the Bucks were going to sweep because the Magic were down their four best players. So I was a big, I didn't early, just a little money line bet <laughs> for a multiplier. I bet $1,400 to win 90 bucks. And what? Yeah. I was, I was in the four figures with this one, and I got kicked in the teeth. It was I, I mean, over immediately. I and, mean, that's, that's the, we'll go right into that series because – no one expected it. No one expected Orlando to not only win the game, but one win the first one. That was just and, shocking. And it's not as though this is a series. I've watched games two and three and like the same bets. Of, Milwaukee's up 30 points at the end of the first quarter. It's not even close. Giannis must have had food poisoning. And this harkens back. I'm the stupid one because I was lucky enough to meet Blake Griffin. And he was a nice guy, and we, we spent an hour talking together. He's like, you know, you actually bet individual NBA games. That's stupid. And he said, 
I would never do that because I once watched one of my teammates eat 25 hot dogs before a game. <laughs> <laughs> 25 hot dogs, that's way too much. But That's got to be Drummond. Either yeah. Drummond or DeAndre Jordan, <laughs> one, one or the other. So I'm moving on. I'm series prices moving forward. And like, so here's what happened. It gets, I don't know if you believe this, but it gets worse. Okay, I got to hear this. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I do comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. I just know a lot of that, that's commercial acting. So... After that happened, 15 minutes, I was on hold for a com- a national commercial, which is a year's salary for me. Yeah. Not yeah. only do I lose the bucks bet, I lose the commercial. Oh. 15 minutes later, I get pissed off, and then I take the Lakers money line, game one. So in about 24 hours. You I know you lost- can't chase. You can't chase money. You can't chase money. I, and I was in an emotional place. I chased money. I texted my bookie. I made, I, and I was just like, look, I'm 6'3". I'm 215. Just send your thugs for me, brother. Let's do this. I would rather do that than pay you my tuition money for the University of Michigan. That's pretty bad, Joel. You, you it's can't pretty do that. bad. You it's, can't it's, do that. It's, I've been doing. I've been betting for like five years. I've been investing for ten, and this is by far the worst loss, the dumbest thing I've ever done. And you know what? You know the really shitty part. I would do that same bet again a hundred times out oh of Oh my god! How oh, did the yeah. Bucks lose to the Magic? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're up two to one now, but we both predicted they go four and zero. Oh. I just don't get it, but uh, at least you learned a lesson, right? So yeah, and at least I learned it. some Greek swear words in case I ever meet Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> I just, man, I that's it's just I don't get it. What else? You know what else I don't get? How Miami's up three zero on Indiana? What's going what? on? They're going to sweep the Pacers. They are going to sweep the Pacers, but I think a lot of that, like the Sabonis injury, hurt them, and Oladipo was already playing hurt coming back from a major injury and to see him hurt his eye in the beginning of game one he's their lead horse the entire gameplay goes through him and I just don't think it's been fair for Indiana it's been such bad luck especially if you go even further back when Oladipo said he wasn't going to come in the bubble and he was just going to rehab and just you know say this season is a wash and at the last minute he's like okay I'm going to play and then he you know goes out in the first game of the playoffs like it's just really sad for indiana and yes i expect for them to lose and so uh for milwaukee that's gonna be a tough matchup against miami yeah and you know let's just take a second to put a bow on the indiana pacers season they were a likable team they did a great job and i think unfortunately miles turner is going to be the scapegoat for the lack of success even though they should, they achieved what they should. This team, mm-hmm. they win 45 games, they lose in the first round. That's just what their talent level is in today's NBA. You yeah. know, Miles Turner, the guy is a rim protector. He can play inside, outside, and they've never treated him like the foundational piece that I kind of think he is. Mm-hmm. So I expect him to be shopped this offseason, just like he's been shopped every offseason. And like, between yeah. you and me, I'd rather have him than Rudy Gobert. Like what? Wow! Than Rudy well, the, Gobert? Yeah, because a lot of player of the year. I know. I know it sounds crazy, but not many big men have the shooting to stay on the court with any style of offense. And Miles Turner is the rare guy who can protect the rim and then play large, play small. He can be on there for any way the game breaks down, and that's mm-hmm. not that's not true of many centers. Maybe I, Christian Wood. Yeah, I don't know. I wish Milwaukee could call Indiana back, say, well, since you're going to be eliminated, you think we can get Malcolm Brogdon back just to try to win the championship? Then you can have yeah, him back. Yeah, we signed the wrong guard. Uh, we we did, we Chris Middleton, and um, he's, he's <laughs> chucking. But and that's probably the second-round series I'm most looking forward to because Milwaukee, like, they've got the fatal flaw where they get tight in the last minute, and dang. Miami it's going to come eight. back to bite them. Malcolm Brogdon not being on that team is going to come back to bite them. Although I know you would say, well, it's not like Indiana's doing well in the playoffs, so Malcolm Brogdon is not helping them, Malcolm Brogdon. But, I mean, I think the injuries, as you mentioned at the top of, at the top of this, for Indiana really, you know, they really hurt that, that franchise. 
Yeah, and we saw it with yesterday with Dallas. Like, you can accommodate for having one less piece than you normally do. Other guys can pick up the slack. But to miss two of, of your rotation pieces fundamentally changes who you are as a basketball team. And it's so hard to reinvent your identity on the fly like that. Mm-hmm. Like, four games against the bulldog of a Miami Heat team, it was a bad thing for them from the very get-go. Yeah. And speaking of a team that's missing two of their top players, the Brooklyn Nets fall to the Toronto Raptors in a sweep. Uh, I thought they would get one game, but you called it right. You said a sweep. You said 4-0, and that's what they did. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing great on this NBA playoffs. I am 18-4 and and down $2,500, which is what you want to be. (laughs) Is Is a sweep too easy for Toronto? Have they not had enough of a challenge that they're not going to be quite ready for Boston. But at the same time, as soon as I was saying that, and when I was putting it in the rundown, Boston also swept Philly. But I feel like they were a better challenge for the Celtics. Yeah, but it, honestly, I, I think this, the Nets are actually a better challenge because at least the Nets buy in and play a system. You're dealing with some great talents with Philadelphia, but you know what? Jacques Vaughn didn't impress me in his other coaching spots, but I don't think they missed a beat with Kenny Atkinson leaving, who I thought was a really good coach. So, mm-hmm. you know, I hope KD and Kyrie are watching that series because that should be your coach next season. Yeah. And then that's not only do they have superstars in a supporting cast, but there are trade chips on the table. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see Karis LeVert become, or Spencer Dinwiddie to get a really nice yield for maybe a more diverse roster because I like what the Nets have, but dang, yeah. too many dudes need the ball in their hands there. I remember the rumor that it might be Dinwiddie and LeVert for Bradley Beal. I was like, well, you get some nice young pieces, but who knows if that'll happen. Yeah, and like I love Dinwiddie, but I, I don't really want Dinwiddie on my team with a lot of young talent. It, like. Levert, he can be adapted to play multiple ways in an offense, but Dinwiddie is, he's the guy on the playground. You don't want to be on their team. Not only does he shoot too much, but he then talks to you about Bitcoin. It's a real headache all through (laughs) and through. (laughs) So the other series, Boston, Philly, uh, another sweep. Joel Embiid is really unhappy. I think, uh, you know, as expected, he's pondering his future. I think it's hilarious that that commercial runs where he says Joel Embiid's really unhappy, the Giphy commercial for Mountain Dew, because um, uh, he really is unhappy. But just like Alvin Gentry was let go of the Pelicans, you expect a press conference today or tomorrow for Brett Brown. At the very least, some kind of shakeup is going to happen. Yeah, there's going to be some regretful press conferences in a thick Boston accent. Like, Brett Brown's Boston accent is so thick. I wonder if he's legally deaf. But um, I get Joel Embiid being unhappy because he's he signed up for this under the hinky regime. Mm-hmm. And Brett Brown did an awful job, sure. But did Elton Brand do a worse job? Because, like, this, the cupboards were stacked for this team. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, a rare opportunity that we haven't seen since Oklahoma City had... Westbrook, KD, and Harden. Mm-hmm. And they just went into win-now mode too early. Trades for Butler, Harris, Fultz. Stripped the franchise of any assets or roster flexibility. And, like, they ran Hanky out of town before they did this. They've ruined everything that made them a promising franchise for a second-round playoff exit last year. And that's funny, too, because even at the end of the broadcast – when the Sixers were eliminated, they showed Joel and B walking off the court and talking about, oh, can we still trust the process? This process is so far from when that, that moniker was started. This is not about the process. It's different management, different players. The only two holdovers is Embiid and a player who wasn't on the court and Ben Simmons. Realistically, those are only two cornerstones of when trust the process really started. This is not that team anymore. So I need to stop saying that. And yes, I do think this at the begin at the end of this season when it's over. If they don't do something now, then in the actual off season before they start the next season, it will be a completely different roster. And they don't really have the pieces to do any major maneuvering, like trade assets like Dario Saric and Landry Shamit, like guys who could do a really nice job Damn, at Landry five Shaman. through nine. 
yeah, five through nine spots in a rotation matter so much, dude. And those guys are, what'd they get? Jimmy Butler's ghosts? $35 million worth of Tobias Harris? I don't want any of that stuff. I want young players who can do a certain role extremely well on a mm-hmm. cheap contract. That mm-hmm. helps you win right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're not winning anymore. They're going home. Uh, as they say on TNT, they've gone fishing. And now we have Boston, Toronto. You, you got any early predictions? Since I know the game's Thursday, we won't talk until after they already started playing. Yeah, I think this is absolutely a good opportunity to go with the Boston Celtics on a serious price. And my strategy for the second round, I'll break it down like this. I think there's going to be a lot of heavy underdogs in series that are close to 50-50. So Boston, they'll probably be close to like, what, plus 180, 200 versus the Raptors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're not too much more talented than Boston is. And Boston, they've been prepping for the Raptors this entire time. Like, there's mind games if with the Boston roster construction that are designed just for Toronto. Toronto has Marc Gasol. Boston has three European national team starting centers on their 12-man roster. That's crazy. They have, they've got Ennis Cantor, they've got Tice, and they've got Vincent Poyer. So Gasol's going to see a lot of familiar faces. And if they can play him to a T, those young swingmen can absolutely carry them to a serious victory. Okay, so I wonder if what's going to happen for Toronto is it's going to come down to Kimball Walker versus Fred Van Fleet. And Kimball Walker, who has not been able to help carry a team in Charlotte, but he comes here and replacing Kyrie Irving. And this team will really depend on him to to kind of get them moving. I mean, I know they've got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and some good, you know, uh, supporting cast, but I think Kimba Walker is going to be the key if Boston can can take that next step and eliminate the champions. And I don't, I, I just don't know if he can do that because I mean, this is our first opportunity to really see him in that kind of role, and let's see how he manages that. Yeah, and I. You, I kind of think that Kemba Walker has been waiting his entire professional career for this. I mean, we saw him as a big game player when he was in college, and the dude was amazing. So I know he was in the NBA version of Purgatory, which is working for Michael Jordan, but I expect him to make a big impact here and not be – this stage will not be too big for him. Okay. All right, let's see what. And I'm not saying goes. I'm not saying that Boston's gonna win. I don't. I don't. And yeah. it's just like if they're an underdog, this series is absolutely a toss up. Mm-hmm. I so definitely I'll, think they're I'll underdog. Be the, yeah, they're the underdog. So what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take the Celtics for the series, and I'm gonna tie them to hopefully the Clippers over the Jazz. Ooh, Clippers so over Jazz. Okay. That's how, All right, let's go to Western Conference. Lakers, Portland, they play tonight uh, as we're recording here. We're going to – I think LA is going to win this series. Although I like that Portland got the first game, uh, I said it's going to go seven games. You said it's going to go five, that the Lakers will win 4-1. and It would be too cliche to say this is a pivotal game right here. Uh, But I think that the Lakers are in some ways finding their rhythm and will play quite spirited tonight in those Mamba jerseys. Yeah, and I think the thing that people forgot in the run-up to this series and how enjoyable the Blazers were as a Cinderella story is that Anthony Davis single-handedly swept this team two years ago. Mm. Like, he faced off with a pretty weak Pelicans roster, and it was 4-0 in the first round. They've got no answer for 80s length and athleticism, and We talk about bad coaching on this podcast. Let's get into that game one. Um, Anthony Davis is matched up against Wenyan Gabriel, who's playing his first, literally his first meaningful NBA minutes. And he's calling for the ball the entire fourth quarter. Didn't receive a single Mm post-touch. Well, message was received. This is not only AD's series, but is it AD's team now? 
I hope so for the Lakers. Yeah, it I should hope it be. is. It really should be 80s team. I mean, and Charles Barkley's who he played for, he would not have known who Gabriel is. <laughs> he definitely would have lost that contest. But I think in many ways, LeBron all along has accepted that in some ways this should be 80s team. But I think his inconsistencies during those first eight bubble games made LeBron kind of say, hey, I need to maybe take over here, I think is what happened. And what needs to happen now is AD's got to, you know, probably in many ways, if I say that's stupid to say, I've got to build trust up again with LeBron. But he does, because I feel like in many of these games, he just, he didn't show up. And if tonight he shows up, they go up 3-1, I think you could call this series a wrap. I can't see it going seven games. As I'm Yeah, ten- Today is a good slate of games, and I wish we could just swap places with the Heat Pacers game and the Thunder <laughs> Rockets game. Like, can we just have those as a doubleheader? Like, that would be so much more enjoyable. So I'm going to have to go home at four, watch this game, and then just sit on my hands for two and a half hours? No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, okay, Clippers, Dallas, nobody is sitting on their hands. It's even Steven at 2-2. Doc Rivers called his team emotionally weak emotionally weak did you see that i mean i've seen that with four years of reggie jackson i've seen that with marcus morris every time i watched them play the ball like i knew who these guys were as a fan of watching one team for them to be like fundamental parts of your title pursuit seems crazy to me and gosh it's amazing that the Bucks thing wasn't my worst call from last week because we were on here. I said Paul George was going to be my finals MVP pick. <laughs> so that does not look good. Playoff P. Playoff P. We'll get into that later. He is just not really doing very well. Uh, but what I like the most out of what I see in uh, Dallas is, as we're, let's talk about that supporting cast. I mean, Trey Burke is, I'm like, Trey Burke? Again, back to the Washington Wizards, another former Washington Wizard that seems to do well after he leaves. Yeah, and it's Trey Burke, it's Tim Hardaway Jr., and, like, these guys have a pedigree as big-game players going back to their stint at Michigan, and you're seeing that play out. And, like, can we adopt one guy on the Dallas roster as the sacred as the patron saint of this podcast? (laughs) Every time I turn in, I love what Dorian Smith brings to the table. Yeah, the ultimate glue guy, and we cover daily fantasy sports. DFS is our guy. DFS, daily fantasy sports. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. Yes, yes, Dorian. That's right. I've got to get him. Uh, I, I haven't been playing daily fantasy lately, so I want to get back into that. Maybe I'll pick some some players for tonight's game. Uh, Denver, Utah, the best game of the playoffs so far, in my opinion, was last night. When you had a 51-point game from Donovan Mitchell and a 50-point game from Jamal Murray in the two-point win for Utah, they're up 3-1 in the series. The Nuggets can't get any calls, and that surprises me because I think the Nuggets, not only not so much the calls, but I picked the Nuggets to win 4-2 in this series. Yeah, I can see that, but I can see the style of plays clearly holding the Nuggets back in this series because what's kind of pushed him over the edge is that Donovan Mitchell, if he's not able to generate a look, he gets to the free throw line. Mm -hmm. And, hey, we've seen Donovan swing a series as a big upset in the first round already. Dude is three years into his career, and he's kind of creating a penchant for just having these moments at this particular spot in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. I think it was jinx when Jamal Murray was laughing at him. Uh, after we, after that first game, we talked about that Twitter video It's never quite, the series just hasn't quite been the same. And, and two of the games were blowouts. This, this game was the only one that was close. You know, uh, it just, I don't know. Denver, Denver doesn't have it. I think they're going to lose four one. You think so? And I am, um, just because of the series odds, if any series is going to go seven games, I think this is the most likely candidate because they're both offensive-oriented teams, and the Nuggets can get hot for three games. So I have $10 on them at 11-1 to 1 odds to win the series. Them winning three in a row is possible, and, like, if you get to a game seven situation, that's a lot of fun. Put a Subway sandwich on it. Put a Subway sandwich on the Nuggets to win the series. You can get them at plus 1,100. 
Uh, I like that. Maybe I'll take maybe I'll take you up on that yeah. as well. Because I mean, if, if you lose, who cares? But if it gets to be, be a game seven or even a game six, that's great. Because I think you'll see the Nuggets in. Because what's interesting about these games is that home teams are still winning at roughly a fifty-six to sixty percent clip, mm-hmm. and the next game is home. Yeah, for, for the Denver Nuggets. Oh, yeah. I mean, the ref will be like, "No, no, your sponsor's on the court right there. You're good." <laughs> Rockets, Rockets, Thunder. Uh, two to one. Rockets are up. Um, I, best matchup for drama, really, to me, hasn't had as much drama as I wanted to see. But I guess you know, this next game, if Oklahoma City can tie it up, it will be good. But uh, I say it's going seven. You say OKC in six, but you want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. I'm, I, you know, I don't want my grandchildren to think of James Harden as some also ran. Like, I think his career was close to as significant as Steph Curry's, and I would like it to be remembered as such. Like, him and Westbrook are the two guys who have the most potential to be have just kind of a shitty legacy when they didn't deserve it whatsoever. So. The last thing I want is for another James Harden choke job, especially to the only guy who's a bigger choke artist than James Harden. (laughs) Here's the reason why I think that, yes, he can be remembered as somebody who was offensively great. But the problem that I have with the, the backlash that has come from anybody who's not a fan of Harden's game is who cares? If you think about it, if you want to go back in history, Will Chamberlain averaged 50 points a game in the playoffs with 25 rebounds. But the key for me is, especially today, uh, or yesterday I was listening to the radio, and someone was like, oh, you know, maybe looking back on it, we'll remember James Harden as being one of the great offensive players, you know, right up there with Michael Jordan. It's like, no, Michael Jordan played defense too. Yeah, okay. Michael Jordan won Defensive Player of the Year three times. Okay. And, it, and it's not just James Harden is the reason I feel this way. I'm from Detroit, Michigan, and our basketball culture is defined by George Gervin. So I've been cheering for guys who fit that George Gervin mold my entire life. I cheered, I cheered for Tracy McGrady. I cheered for Arenas. And now I'm cheering for Harden. Like, I want to see one of these guys break through and hit the title that get one of them for all of them. I just, I just, it's not going to happen. I think Harden's going to go down as a great offensive player, but couldn't lift his player, his team well, to a championship. I do kind of like either of these teams matching up against the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm-hmm. If they don't have Rondo, if they don't have Avery Bradley, like the Oklahoma City have 11 point guards on the court at any given time. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is a bad matchup for uh, the Lakers. That is true. Let's look at the series winners then as bets. Uh, let's stick with that. If you can take Oklahoma City Thunder at plus 350 or the Rockets at minus 500. Um, I think in this situation, you just have to go OKC. Betting a team at minus 500 when it's a 2-1 series is a Bucks game one money line level irresponsible decision. And I urge all of our listeners to not do those kind of plays. Like, can you take the Portland Trail? Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I think you watch these series unfold and you see how the narrative of the seven-game series particularly breaks down. Someone's going to lose game one, but 0-2 leads are blown every season. Mm-hmm. 3-1 leads are blown every season. It happens in, like, if I'm trying to get in on the hunt a little bit, I take flyers on these teams to get back in. Worst-case scenario, you'll be burned, like, $10, $20. Yeah. So you're taking Portland Trailblazers at plus a thousand as well? Mm, no, I think they lose tonight. I think it's uh, I think they're too small to match up with the LA Lakers, and I don't think they have the swarming defense of the Rockets, and I don't think they have the big bodies to throw at them like the Thunder. The mm-hmm. roster just isn't quite there. And we already said Nuggets at plus eleven hundred, but you can get the Mavericks at plus two sixty to be series winners over the Clippers. But then you'd and, be going against your your top team, and that's tough. So let me let me break it down to you like this. So me, Donnie, and Sam, we have our Props Network slash fund. We've <laughs> only won with this. It's not like my personal account, but we have um, three hundred dollars out in parlays. 
on the Clippers right now. Everything else is good. Heat are taken care of. Celtics are taken care of. Raptors taken care of. I think we can bet this and get plus money either way. Do I hedge or do I ride it out with the Clips, you think? Ride it out with the Clippers. I think I think overall they're the better team. Uh, I think they will make an adjust. I hope they will make an adjustment. But I think the biggest adjustment is you just got to shut down uh, Luka Doncic. And I know that's easier said than done, except for, as we've heard over the number of years, two of the top defensive players in the league play on the Clippers. One of them, or three technically, if you want to add Patrick Beverly. But yeah. since he's hurt, let's talk about the two. One of the two of them needs to be on Luka Doncic all the time. That's the Reggie Jackson thing makes no sense. Luka, the interesting thing about him is that he's got a big frame and he's six foot eight. Reggie Jackson, six, six, three, 170 yeah. pounds. He has no right to have that matchup. And like this, that one yesterday is on Doc Rivers. Not only mm-hmm. were his defensive matchups terrible, but his last play of the game, he lets Kawhi use an entire shot clock to just pull get a pull-up jumper. Yeah, oh, that was so bad. That was so it, bad. It, it was not a good shot at he's all. He's a superstar. You yeah. go to the hoop. You yeah. force the ref to make a decision. You're Kawhi fucking Leonard in a 2-1 series. Don't get all me you started on do, the refs. Don't get me started yeah. on the refs. Yeah, but, like, you have to be assertive in that situation. I saw no ball movement. I saw mm-hmm. no aggressiveness. Dude, you played five-plus years for the Spurs. Remember some of the lessons you got. Yeah. Uh, and and I think staying on that defensive topic, our NBA Finals MVP, Paul George, should technically be the guy who's going to guard the Don because at least he may not get as much ridicule for his lack of offense if we saw him shutting down Luka Doncic. Paul George has to step it up. And you know what? You see NBA Twitter piling it on him like, Sure. He's had a bad couple of games. Am I ready to punt on Paul George after a couple bad playoff moments? You yes. Are? Oh, yeah. You no, are? there's, there's you... no way. He can't be MVP because now it's in his head. We're at three straight games. What, what do you think? He's magically going to wake up and just start playing better? I think hey, it's in I, his head. But I think if the Clippers are just able to get out of this one, because like it could be very fun if the Mavericks win this series, and just the fact that I am against the rooting interests of the nation, I know that the Mavericks will probably win this series, and I won't hedge. But um, yeah, I think they they can get the ship right, and I think they got to play through Lou Williams a little bit more, who was an automatic bucket for them mm-hmm, yesterday. Mm-hmm. It, it's so funny to see the Clippers being in both sides of this same situation within a single NBA season. season. Last year, they were the like likable, likable cast that were going to upset the big championship-bound team. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. year, they're the unlikable, emotionally weak bunch upset by the maestro. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think it's going to be tough for him to get back. I think Paul George has mentally he's having issues i mean attacking people on twitter like i just he just doesn't seem like he's with it anymore i i I don't know and obviously i bet on him too we both bet on him so let's hope he does well but i just don't see it okay before we go to our last second shot it's time to have a serious conversation about your bookies and illegal offshore betting sites you can get rid of them now cut ties Legal Sportsbooks have a better user experience, more promos, bigger signing bonuses, and you know your money is safe. Where do you find a legal sportsbook in your state? At thepropsnetwork.com. The Props Network only ranks regulated U.S. sportsbooks, and it's also where you'll find the best available bonuses to start using them. Plus, you'll get great content from real media pros like me. Yeah, right. But, okay, we'll call ourselves that, Joel, on Just for No, Sports. you're... Hey, we're good, we baby. We, we are likable. We are. We're <laughs> so, good. We're, we're Nolte and Murphy in 48 hours, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so when legal betting comes to your state, make sure your first stop is thepropsnetwork.com. Remember, it's 21 and over to bet. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER today. And I'll do this. So I've talked about my mistakes and that led me to break up with my bookie and telling your bookie (laughs) you're not going to pay them. Not very well received. So now I actually get to use the Props Network's services. There you go. 
I thought maybe that's why you weren't at your house recording this, just because you were a little worried. <laughs> hey, I, I'm good for it, but everyone who knows me, they know I'm a grad student, so I just want to make sure I have the tuition in my account in case my loan doesn't go through in time. There you so go. That's my situation. Doug, if you're listening, I am still living at 10 Monteith. Come find me. I'm Diesel. <laughs> um I've enjoyed these bubble games, our last second shot. Let's talk about the bubble appearances because I'm not really missing the crowd as much as I thought I would. Now, I know that's because they're pumping in the crowd and some noise, so it sounds like a real broadcast. But, you know, you have the Currys and the Rivers doing the Mavs Clippers game. Two of them are actually married now, which is crazy. They're, like, related. Peyton Manning. Uh, the dad of the year, he was like nursing his kid while he's uh, yeah, sitting in the, cute. the the Michelob Ultra courtside seat. Uh, this has been great watching all who's going to pop up. They should have prop bets on who's going to pop up in those uh, bubble appearance uh, courtside seats. And I think you will see that coming soon. You know there's going to be some Drake appearances for the bot. Boston Toronto series mm -hmm. and you know a good sports book should have some action on it who's Boston's biggest super fan is there is it Wahlberg or yeah I would say okay. yeah yeah definitely the Wahlbergs they, they have a stand I believe in TD Garden okay I, I only have better seats when I go to TD Garden so I haven't <laughs> seen him in my life the one, the last time I was there, I got pushed into Robert Kraft by Stephen Adams. So it was the most surreal moment of my that's, life. That's really crazy. I've got to come we, hang with you at a Boston game. Uh, I two know years we talked. I know we talked sneaker game. Robert Kraft. I've been fortunate enough to see him in person a few times. Not that it's like a big get. Like I'm fortunate enough. <laughs> like I've been to the great game. No, I saw this rich guy, and he has. He always has cool sneakers. God bless the Flyknit Air Force One. If they're good enough for a billionaire, they're good enough for us. There you go. Uh, the Fly Air Force Ones. He doesn't have on, you know, Prada sneakers or anything like that. No, Flyknit Air Force. Yeah. They're the lightest shoe ever made. They're fantastic. Yeah. My favorite sneaker of all time. I'm, I'm so, you know what? I think you make talking about sneakers. I think I want to get some of those Steph Curry's, the, the, the nursing shoes before they, they can't be all sold out, right? Just to have a pair. That Come I can wear up. when I'm Robert Kraft's age, right? Absolutely. Throw those you know, on. It'll yeah, fit perfectly. And, and we don't know how this is going to develop. There might be a wave, too. So you and me might be like, be some triage nurses, whether we like it or not, in the next six months. <laughs> I'm back you, in New Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm back in New York City. This can hit the fan at any moment in time. So, uh, yeah, I'm ready to put in some IVs and rock some Steph Curry's while I do it. Why not? Yeah, why not? Um, in New York City is probably the best place that they would have it. Could you find a mask like Taco Falls mask? I mean, this Ooh. is you, in New York know. is the only place you may be able to find it. But his uh, COVID-19 mask, is, it's blinging. It's, it's blinking. You can't beat that. No, you cannot beat that. And it almost makes me wonder if Uncut Gems was based on a real jeweler. It's That's Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, it's cool as hell. And, you know, he's not, he knows he's not going to play. So he's got all the time in the world to accessorize. <laughs> like, your best dressed friend is never the person with the best job. So I think yeah. that's Taco Fall in this situation. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Uh, I, I want one of those masks. But to me, it only works, I guess, at night too, right? Yeah, but it protects year round, you know, like it doesn't, it stops the germs coming in no matter how light it is outside. Yeah. All right. Doesn't Taco Fall play for your second favorite team? Mm, I have a different second favorite team everywhere. I think I'm pissed. I'm a Clippers fan this postseason because Montrez Harrell, he is the Joe Wachowski rule. He's the only participant. My rule is when I play pickup games, I can only wear the jerseys of guys whose games I do justice. Aww. So I got Harold, I got Draymond Green, and I got Andre Drummond. Harold's the only one out there. 
I did take a picture of me in the jersey yesterday and posted it with the caption, bitch-ass white boy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. uh, That was classic. That was classic. Okay. Uh, We're going to start. We started the show with Kobe. We're going to end it with Kobe. Uh, Drake. Drake showing off his Kobe collection of sneakers. Uh, This rivals your collection of sneakers, I'm sure, Joel. Uh, this is just too much. I don't even understand how you can have these many sneakers. Yeah. Um, Drake, I think he's in a situation where he doesn't quite have to buy anything. So people give it to him. I think the six pairs of sneakers that I bought are maybe more impressive than the 7,000 sneakers that Drake was given. But, you know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, I guess so. I just, you couldn't even wear, I mean, you might as well just sell these off for, charity because you're not wearing all of these they're just sitting there yeah what's the point like even having like four pairs of sneakers that i wear feels too much too much like like i have a i have a pair of shoes that are still in the box i feel guilty about that yeah drake doesn't have poor relatives come on <laughs> just give them away come on you were throwing yeah, away a... throwing away money in your music videos just throw some of these shoes out the window you know, give Jamoke one pair of shoes. I think that's what he's trying to get at. He wa- he brought up that he needs shoes. And Drake, you might be the same size. And, and not to mention the fact his last video was at uh, Nike, the, the Nike Stadium. I mentioned that. The laugh now, cry later. There was, I mean, he's like in bed with Nike now, which isn't a bad place, you know, to have, to have a partnership. But no, it's a lot of sneakers. Sign me up, Nike. I'm a loyalist. They're the only ones I ever wear. So come on. Any last thoughts before we meet again next week about these NBA playoffs uh, and what's going to happen this week? The one thing cheering me up with the Pistons losing the draft lottery is that we have the number seven pick in the draft directly before the New York Knicks. Last time that happened, the Golden State Warriors took a generational talent and Hall of Famer. Here's hoping that happens again this year. All right. Hoping that happens again this year. I, I, I am looking forward to seeing Portland take this to seven games and maybe winning game seven. I think that would be a big shocker for them to upset the Lakers. Um, yeah, that's mine. And I'm, and I'm excited. I'm going to an outdoor sports bar tomorrow. I'm going to watch the game Wait. with my friends. No, Joe. You know, in no, the street. Joe. You can't do that. You're going to be, and? you're going to wear your mask. I'm going to wear my mask. I'm going with my buddy who's a nurse. He's going to give me a temperature oh. scan, and it's socially distant. Nick Nurse. You're going to yeah, go with gonna... Nick Nurse and the Taco Fall uh, mask on? Yeah, he shreds so hard on the guitar, he's doing an impression of my abs. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, always a pleasure. You have a good one, and thanks for uh, letting me come on in action. Hey, they'll be out next week. I had a blast editing them. See you soon. Ciao for now.